Welcome to F1 Bro Science Podcast from Chicago to Los Angeles. Here we are again, back for your listening pleasure, now viewing, with uh, Spencer Love and Tim here. Got Austin Cheatham for a guinea pig on our video podcast, because we want to look good, that's why we got him. Um, Good choice. Here we are. (laughs) And you are are making us look good. (laughs) Great choice, man. So where are you at, Austin? You're at somebody's house? Yeah, I'm quarantined at my buddy's house. Currently, you know, we just jump around, you know hell with this quarantine let's get it done <laughs> hear that so the other day you were telling me you had an idea for uh instead of stashville you're talking about upgrade yeah yeah we don't have stashville anymore so i think we need to upgrade to uh first one of the year and it just so happens to be bay city so let's uh come back with some mullets rocking uh some some 70s and 80s stuff going on uh aviators you know the old trucker hats uh in fact i got a sweet mercury hat from back in the day that i found uh, on ebay that i scooped up so so we'll have to do a mullet city trophy then mullet city yeah well how am i gonna get in on that because i'm ain't growing no mullet and no skullet so yeah i'm gonna figure yeah, out i something. don't know we'll have to figure something out for you i got a, i got a wig for you I got a Joe Dirt wig for you. Deal. You can be a Done. blonde. I'll wear it under my helmet, too. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that, long <laughs> awesome. hair don't, that long hair don't cover up that red neck, boy. <laughs> Hell no. It'd be looking stick on the podium, too, holding my trophy. <laughs> Joe Dirte. You'll look good with that. I'm going to wear a flannel, too. That Hell of a driving suit. Mm-hmm. Flannel suit and a mullet wig. Game on. Now, driving suits don't make any faster, man. Nah, stickers do. Everybody that wants to be a part of it would chip in five bucks or something, maybe, and then winner takes all. Something like, a, like that, enough to buy some beer or something. Like a Calcutta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good deal. Or some uh, chew. You know, as long as we got enough, the winner gets enough money for some chew or some beer or whatever, you know. <laughs> or, or to buy your groupie a Four loco would be enough with me, you know. Oh, so 50 cents it is. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of groupies, you get, you get some interesting crews sometimes, huh? Yeah, very interesting. Uh, pretty funny, actually. You know, uh, we were in Springfield, I think, the first year, and I was shorthanded seeing this guy walk in the pits or whatever and looked like he was lost, but he was enjoying the boats and all. I was like, hey, man. Looking for some help tomorrow. I'll get you an armband and all that. And he thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And heck, he's uh, turned out to follow us around. And he's like our head guy in charge when it comes to groupies and stuff like that. Works his butt off. For next to nothing. Just beer and a sandwich here and there. Some bologna. He don't even care about a sandwich. Just a beer. <laughs> Pork chopping every can. That's right. And <laughs> it doesn't have to be any preferred beer. Just beer. As long as there's something in the cooler, yeah, he's good. Oh, I'm going to tell Josh, like, dude, you got to step your game up and start working for beer because can't afford your ass no more. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Sounds like you're missing out on a decent party over there, Austin. Oh, no. no I ain't missing out on much. There's a few people outside, but you know how, how that goes, so. 
it's under 10 people. We try to keep it under 10 people and abide by the law, you know? Yeah. Six feet apart. Yeah, do our part to slow the spread. <laughs> spread of uh, what? <laughs> I'm new to this whole quarantine. Oh, yeah? Slow the spread of what, you say? Yeah. I know what's going on. I, don't, I guess you stay on this podcast so much you don't even know. Which yeah, I actually, I, I don't know if you if you have Facebook, get on Facebook. If you know if you're Democrats, they'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just defriended one of my cousins on Facebook today because of some of her comments. You know, it's like if you want to be positive and be supportive of somebody, I'm, and it's different than what I feel. That's fine. I'll read about it, but don't just be negative and beat up on people. That ain't no good to read. Yeah, yeah I mean that, and uh, let people live their life. Don't don't tell them they got to sit in a corner and hide from the world. Shit, I ain't doing it. Man, no, no, no. Many people. Are, well, there's a lot of people doing. It. There's no one I personally know. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're doing our part with the podcast, I guess, right now. Yeah, Social we're uh, distancing, and we're in three different corners of the country right now, so we're obviously six feet apart. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not six feet away from a drink, though. It's all good. Shit, six feet. My arm ain't six feet long, dude. <laughs> six inches. Yeah, whatever. As long as I can grab that son bitch, I'm good. <laughs> um, so is your shit ready to go for the racing this summer? For the most part. I mean, uh, I got a power, an old wore-out powerhead sitting on it. Uh, I've just set it on there the other night. Uh, got a new wiring harness in it. Got to hook up a few more switches, and uh, I don't know. That's really it. I got a new motor on the bench. Sorry, I'm burping. That keystone gets me. But uh, I got a new motor on the bench that I'm uh, finishing up. So waiting on Wesley to get down so we can do some things with it. But, yeah. yeah maybe, some, maybe some new props. Speaking of Wesley, last time we talked to him, he was talking about buying a pallet of keystones. Yeah, he definitely needs to invest in, in stock in that because, I mean, hell, he should be part owner in Keystone already with all the money he's invested in them. But well, he got that that Trump check last week. He should get him. He should get a, at least a twelve pack out of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he should have got twelve hundred out of that deal. So we'll see what happens. I was looking today that uh, Bay City's on the was the tenth and thirteenth. Then the following week, the stock nationals start. You pl- still planning on doing the? Kneelers too. Whoo, man! I don't know. Uh, my main my main concern right now is tunnel boats, but uh, that would that's that's kind of in the in the works. But we'll see how what the money situation is like. Just if I win out Calcutta, I'm definitely going. <laughs> that'll that'll pay hands down. You should get a a big toter home with that. No problem. Yeah. No man, that Calcutta. <laughs> if I win that puppy. After I buy a four loco or two for Brian Nance, I think I can uh, at least get a twelve pack to get out, you know, out of my county. So we'll figure it out. Brian Nance, that's your crew chief, or is that Wesley's? Or you guys just fight no, over him? No, that's mine. Yeah, that's mine. Brian Nance, he's the he's the man. Well, that's a good thing to know that you have a crew guy when you come up north here. Yeah, well, he's from up north, man. We just scoop him up on the way and. uh it's 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 awesome, man. Last time we picked him up, it was pretty interesting. Never never uh, seen anything like that. Pretty funny. He, uh, you guys ever let him drive the motor home? Uh, 
no, 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 no. He, he's a good co-pilot. I think we showed up at his house in Springfield the first year. Actually, Wes didn't even know we were doing it. Uh, we were going to pull over and sleep or whatever, and I was behind the wheel, and uh, Cousin Tony was riding. I think Walter was riding. I think Walter was passed out, though. Uh, Cousin Tony was up with me. It was like 3 in the morning. Uh, I swung through Brian Nance. I called him, whatever. Showed up to his little apartment deal and uh this guy's piggybacking electricity off the neighbor below with electric, you know extension cord and they didn't even know it and he was like yeah man that's my bootleg electricity he was uh had his bag packed and passed out on the stairway so you know because his, his phone actually that's even better story his phone was dead he knew we were coming he called me off of facebook off of some other neighbor's phone we ended up <laughs> Me and Wesley told him we were coming and be ready. If you're not ready, you know, we're just going to leave you or whatever. But uh, Wes, Wes didn't know the time of day or whatever. We we're supposed to take a nap, like I said. But I went straight through and uh, gave him like 80 bucks or something. His phone turned back on so I could communicate with the guy. But, yeah, it was cool, man. So we, we saddled up and uh, he got in the motor home. And I made it like another hour out of Springfield headed to uh, Toledo. I couldn't take it, and I pulled her over and into a rest stop and laid down. Next thing I know, I wake up to Wes tapping me on the shoulder, pissed off because Tony and Brian decided we were going to the race. They had enough of the truck stop, I mean the, the rest stop, and Tony's driving, and they're both sitting up there smoking cigarettes going down the road. And Wes was more mad about them smoking in the motorhome than anything. So <laughs> It's pretty awesome. You know, it's it's never a dull moment in the Cheatham Racing Rig. So, if anybody ever gets a chance, they should go. Uh, if not, we should sell tickets for people to go. It's like a circus on wheels. So, it's fun. Yeah, I got an up up close view of the the motorhome. It's pretty legit, though, man. I gotta admit, got the back party in the front, <laughs> business in the back. <clears throat> yeah, the back's the smoking section for Tony. And Walter, they go smoke the, you know, they shut the door and they go smoke their cigarettes and open the roof hatch and hang out back there and drink beer and smoke cigarettes. And I'm either sleeping and Wesley's driving something, you know, something along those lines. I sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys ever any pull, pull any good pranks on each other when you're uh, on the road trip? No, not really pranks, but like, I mean, one you guys, time we, you've, you've never like, Grabbed a piece of dental floss and tied a booger to it and dangled it in from your buddy's face and wait for him to wake up and smack himself in the face and have a booger stuck to his face or anything? No, they are no, now. No. We don't really, yeah, I mean, you're going to give me some ideas, but no, we haven't really done that. I think the funniest thing that I've ever seen in the motorhome is when Walter, I, I, in fact, Walter rode your Grom Spencer, I think, in Clear Lake or something, so he had to have one. He went and bought one. We were headed to uh, Pittsburgh that year, the, and uh, Walter was so excited. He had her strapped in the back back there, and, like, every five minutes, he would just get up and go to the back, have the door open, and just start it and rev the hell out of it on the rev limiter <laughs> while we were going down the road. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we did stuff like that. Uh, not, nothing really too crazy. Party on wheels, man. I think I got drunk in that thing like three times in one day on the way home. Get drunk, pass out, wake up, and do it again. So, of course, yeah, I'll no, drive. Yeah, other people have That's... been able to do that in my motorhome, but usually there's not enough people in my motorhome for me to be able to 
do it because there's only one other person usually that's driving and usually that's not how we get to roll down the road but usually there's always there's been a few times where there's somebody that's been able to have a lot of fun in the motorhome while i'm driving so yeah your driver's pretty serious guy <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll i'll ride in your motorhome spencer and drinking it back for you <laughs> hey actually actually you know talking about me liking to sleep a lot spencer probably could vouch for that i think i slept pretty good in his motorhome one time going down the road from uh bakersfield yeah i think him, him and my dad were cutting it up up front and i was snoozing man I left bakersfield and woke up in more park at like five in the morning or something stupid but whatever it was yeah, I think you you decided you wanted to break from listening to your dad, and you went in the back and went to sleep. And... Yeah, ne- yeah, next day. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's <clears throat> there's a lot of road trips with this boat racing stuff. We could probably talk about this for hours with the stories and the shit you see out on the road, or people that you pass, or just people in cars. Like, what in the hell are they doing in there? <laughs> to me, man, the road is the best part of boat racing. To me, I mean, I've I flew to some, uh, but for sure the road's the best part. Yeah, you missed out on the Mexico trip. That's how I got to meet your cousin and Tim and pretty much everybody else. That's how I got to know everybody pretty good. I don't know. I don't know if I missed. I wouldn't say. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there, but I don't. I don't feel like I missed out on much. I've hung out with all you guys, just never been stranded on the road with y'all. But I can see where you know. What happened? I can see exactly why that happened when y'all were stranded. You know the stuff y'all did, but dude, sure. that was another level of well, one the bond that we all got on that journey because ain't. But I know ten people that's been stuck in a Mexican desert in a ton, uh, snowstorm. It was like, <laughs> it was like a four-day quarantine. That's a screwed-up deal to get to say you got stuck in a, a desert in a snowstorm in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people can't say that. I mean, Spencer can building snowmans <laughs> in the middle of the interstate, putting oxygen bottles on it for a dong. It was hilarious. <laughs> the only thing that can get worse being stuck on the side of the road is breaking down in Mexico. If we did that. Get, Spencer can say that, huh? We did that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, wasn't sure, I was glad my truck was in Mexico for what, 10 hours? <laughs> they don't work on Duramaxes. They don't sell them in Mexico. They just build them. Yeah, they were ready to cut the whole exhaust system out of that truck when we were down there. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I think I can get to manually shift if I just put my put my foot down the gas pedal, push it down, hold it down, and then it gets to the end of the RPMs, let it off. And when I let it off, it would shift to the next gear, and then I'd push back on it. So I'd get it to manually shift just the throttle. And so that's how we got it out of Mexico, because instead of the transmission shifting gears, I was manually shifting gears with the gas pedal, and it, I got yeah. it to work. Yeah, them cutting the exhaust off in Mexico is probably no big deal, but or much less, like especially if you're just gonna come back to Texas with that puppy. But I don't think they realize you're from like a communist state. You can't do that. Yeah, and no, that's kinda of what we're thinking about is yeah, I get back to California, that's probably gonna be a five to ten thousand dollar repair. Yeah. We we actually even said that. Like, let's just cut the exhaust <laughs> off this bitch. Spencer was like, dude, I live in California, that shit ain't gonna fly. I'm like, Well, we should get it to California. <laughs> so yeah. Leave it in Mexico. Yeah, I think I'd rather be in a bind in the States than a bind in a foreign country. It was an experience. There's You'd have to have been there to understand it, but it was pretty, it was horrible and cool as hell at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and then we were at that race, and I managed to podium and get a ball of champagne, and I, it was a 
it was a it was a grinder, man, going down there and doing all that, and then up on the podium, and they're oh, set your bottle of champagne down. We're doing pictures, and I set it down, and then okay, now we're doing autographs. This little kid walks up to me, and he's got this bottle, empty bottle of champagne, and wants me to autograph it. And I oh, okay, yeah, cool. You know, you got a ball, empty bottle of champagne. Somebody must have gave it to him. Sign it, autograph it, and take a picture with them. Then he walks off, and then I do a few more autographs, and I'm like. Holy shit, that, that kid came up with that ball of champagne that I had. I only had one sip out of it, and he took it from me. He got your ass. He got me, yeah. So I think I have a picture of him on my phone maybe somewhere. but I'm surprised he didn't try to sell it back to you or something. You know how <laughs> them, them, them people are over there. Tell you what, that race site was pretty awesome, though, with the mountains in the background and other than the salt water. But it was a cool hey, speaking, uh, place. Speaking of uh, not really just Mexico, but uh, – that series, man, that's a pretty the IOUGP. What's up with that, Spencer? I, Spencer, you you, you kind of chase that. I haven't heard much from that lately. I don't know. I think that <laughs> might be a work in progress. He's got a trophy over his shoulder from it. I know it. I seen the pistol back there. <laughs> Pistola. That's a yeah. cheap pistol. <laughs> so what? What's your favorite race podium or win or what do you got for us? Ooh. You know, last year I got the podium uh, more than ever. Uh, it was it was fun. You know, the whole year was awesome. But obviously, winning Pittsburgh was pretty cool. I mean, but favorite, hmm, I, I, probably Pittsburgh, man. Uh, no, I, 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 that was pretty cool watching you do that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually, uh, I mean, obviously you and I know, but I don't. Maybe not the rest of the people know, but I had a. Borrowed powerhead, borrowed prop. <laughs> I had some of that that Clover construction, the old forty five program. I, you know, nobody was putting it to use, so I mean, I did. So it was fun. Uh, I had a great year, and and all in all that year. But Pittsburgh was awesome, man. Uh, got thrown in the water by Tim Kraft. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Throwing your ass in that river. That was a long way down. <laughs> Yeah, you assholes. I don't realize. I don't think y'all realize how hard I had to struggle to get back out of there in a fucking driving suit. I'm soaked <laughs> with no life jacket, and I like swallowed a bunch of water when I hit the water. And I was like, "Oh, this is great," because you know the water was up, and we're in Schittsburg, where the water's not clean. And here comes the fire department guys. They were just cruising by, you know, because they were leaving the, the the race course or whatever. They're like, "You good?" And I'm sitting there coughing. <laughs> You realize when you get thrown in the water, you should hold your breath, not open your mouth, right? Yeah, well, I, actually, I was used to running air, you know, on my face. But when I got thrown in the water quick, I had no air. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Pittsburgh's always a fun race, even though, you know, the pits kind of suck. It's a mile away, but the race itself. Yeah. Then when it's over with, you see, like, six turn pins at the final lap because your head is beating on the castle so much. It wasn't that, I mean, it was snotty in the 45, but not that bad. Just in the turns down there where the rivers meet. But I'll never forget that deal. Uh, I, I still know the numbers off that prop and everything. So, that was, I mean, not that it matters. But I'll have to ask you which deal. one it was after we got off the phone. I'm curious. Yeah, oh, I know. I, I won't forget which one it was. Yeah, you should have a better time time there this year, Tim, because that, that boat will treat you a lot better getting around that course. It'll be a lot smoother for you. You'll see three buoys at the end. Hey, we, we, we've seen that, that boat there win one of the roughest races that 
ever happened on our circuit. So what it definitely Pittsburgh won't be nothing. That'll be a walk in the park for that big team. Yeah. Let's hope so. <laughs> I can't wait uh, to get in it. Hell, I've I'm only sat be, in the thing twice. <laughs> I'm going to be following one of you around, you know, because, you know, you can get in somebody's wake and it's not so bad, you know, just kind of whatever. I'll take a I'll take a good pressure washing around the race course just to not get beat up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't hit those outside course markers at Pittsburgh. I hear they're pretty tough. Man. You know, since I was in 45s that year, I had a front seat show to that on the judges stand or the announcer stand over there when uh, John Eddie plowed that bastard. <laughs> All I seen was shit flying everywhere. I'm like, what happened? No you red flag. That one, that one minute cannon that we hear at Springfield, that's what it sounded like when John Eddie hit that fucking buoy. With the dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I look up and there's splinters everywhere. I was like, oh, that's not probably good. Hey, but he made it back to the boat ramp, but there was a big wall of water in front of him all the way there. So yeah, my he's, hat's off. he's one of the nicest guys out there too. He's a pretty cool dude. He uh, sent me a picture of that boat. It's all fixed up. Looks really good now. Can't wait to see it. He's the first one to give you a shirt off his back every time that you need anything. So Oh yeah. Even if him he doesn't and, have it. Him and David McMurray are both the same way, but uh I think John Eddie definitely takes the cake when it comes to putting one in the water, like crashing or something like that. Yeah, you want to say anything about, you know, David McMurray, Nashville Marine, you know? Oh, man. Actually, I Since you brought it up. This shirt, this shirt but uh, it says Phoenix Boats. That's what Nashville Marine says, you know? It says Team Nashville Marine on the back. Uh, good guys, man. David's awesome. He helps me a lot. Uh, if it wasn't for him, it'd definitely be hard for me to go racing. I, I actually... The new motor I was talking about, uh, I had the block. Actually, Tim Kraft, that's the block that Tim Kraft bought or brought to me from Fairchild. And uh, I finally put her back together this uh, winter. With uh, ev- I mean, everything came from Nashville Marine. Pistons, bangs, ev- everything. Electronics. And, uh, they're a- good guys, man. I-, I-, I appreciate them a lot. And David's a really cool guy, man. The first time I met him down at a, a golf court, he didn't even have a boat. He was so enthusiastic and ready to go. I was like, "Hell yeah, we need these kind of people here." You know, he jumped in with both feet. He, uh, he's a good guy to have around for sure. Yeah, and that's the Gulfport's where I met him, and uh, we hit it off good, man. And I didn't really think that I was gonna get any. I mean, I obviously wasn't trying to get anything out of it. I didn't even know he was a boat dealer at the time. I don't believe, but uh, I don't know. He's just he's a really cool guy. It's it's awesome to have people like him and. It's cool, man. I'm glad to have him for sure. So he's had yeah. a rough go at he's had a rough go at this starting in boat racing, and I'm glad he stuck it out. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of him this year. For sure, he'll be uh, definitely he'll be one out there. He's uh, definitely putting some money into his program, fixing up everything, getting ready to go. He'd be a good guy to take my kids to go visit right now during this quarantine too, because he's got that that swimming pool with the water slide in the backyard. Oh yeah, for sure. Kids would be liking that. He'd be great, but definitely that thing. As long as you're in a race boat in the middle of the pool. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do a quick pause. Lost Hit Austin pause. again. Pause that recording. At least he's smiling. Can't pause it. <laughs> or just, can you stop recording? No. Well, this then it's over. All right, well, just keep it going. I mean, if we cut it out, we cut it out. Austin. 
Austin, hey, we see Austin. your face. He's cheesing. He's well, at least he's smiling. Yeah, we'll just leave so him I, up there in the corner. <laughs> I think what Austin was trying to say is, you know, David McMurray's a good guy. He's glad he got to meet him, and he's helped him out a lot. And Yeah, he definitely uh, one of the nicer guys I've ever met. Yeah. You know, he uh, definitely enthused, loves this boat racing stuff. I mean, he's come done all kinds of other racing, too, but you know how this boat racing is. Once you get into it, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you can't get out of it. It just holds you. Good icebreaker. Well, I did get one uh, question. I mean, not question, a request when I was put on the the Facebook thing. Someone asked to for you and I to talk about when we first started my Kankakee days and your Kneeler days. I mean, how how did you get involved? Uh, you started out with Kneeler. Um, I started racing when I was thirteen. My cousin's grandpa had a cracker box boat and got him a little kneel down J boat and. Went for riding it, and my dad said, what do you think? You like doing that? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You want to get one? Yeah. So, okay, let's check into it and see how much it costs. And I don't know, six months later, I was out there racing against my little cousin and some other people out here. So you basically uh, started, obviously started in California. You do a lot of your kneeling out there, kneel down out there. Yeah. No, I think within, and then um, my brother and sister started racing my second year and then my dad bought a boat for himself the the third year and then we were all racing and then just me and my brother sister dad and then i had two cousins that were racing and there's five of us racing against the other and jay well that's so, that's pretty cool yeah family um, affair kind of deal everybody's uninvolved our first trailer my dad welded the frame and did all that stuff and you know i helped him in the garage with whatever I could grind in or whatever work that he didn't want to do that I was able to do. I did. So did all that stuff. And then we took the trailer down to my cousin's grandpa. He worked at the San Onofre power plant and they skinned the whole trailer for us. Cause they did a lot of sheet metal and stuff down there. So they did all that for us. And I don't know. We had a trailer. The, the back opened up, um, and it was like a cover, so the sides. So it was like two sides opened up, and it was it was like a awning. But the trailer doors were pretty heavy, so it was it was a, a chore getting them up there. To get out of the way. How about you? How'd you get started? I grew up in Kankakee, in that Kankakee area. Everybody knows anything about OPC. Obviously, have heard of Kankakee. My dad took me down to the races. I don't know, like eighty three, eighty four. I met a a friend of his was John Gimo. Got and uh, got me in the pits, and I thought, wow, that stuff's really cool. I got to do that. And then '88, he bought me a sports sea boat, so I started driving the sports sea boat. That season, my first race was in on the Mississippi River in Clinton, Iowa, and I had to set on 75 pounds of lead shot. And this was pre-capsule, so let me tell you what: about a 125 pound Tim bouncing up and down on lead shot. <laughs> I was done in about 10 laps, and it was a marathon race. So I got yelled at, get your ass back out there. We didn't come all over here to do this. Went out there mad, finished the race, and then uh, we fine-tuned stuff, then got into Mod C, played with that for a while, and then 45s pre-capsule. That was a rush. And then uh, ran that up to, like, 97, and then I stepped out, 
got into motocross, decided I needed to break a bunch of bones and get steel rods and shit stuck in my legs and arms. <laughs> and then I met a giant again back in Kankakee, and I don't know, 11 or 12, and started hanging out with those guys. I was like, you know what? I need to put a helmet back on, and here we are. <laughs> I'm still a little lost. You said 125 pound Tim Craft? <laughs> At 14 oh, years old. Okay, I was going to say what you're 10. than that. <laughs> 1988. So that was many moons ago. When I, I ran until 97. I got to run the IOGP when they finally put 45s in with those guys. Thought I was the king back then. Like, I get to run with all the big dogs. I'm in a 45 boat. And they're running mod VPs and champ boats and 140s. But it was fun. I got was- to meet all those guys. It was cool. That was before IOUGP. That's just IOGP, right? Yeah, that was the the one from back in the 80s and 90s. Where River Race Augusta, that one was used to be a big one. Probably just as big as Kankakee in the, back in them days. Well, yeah, it was a learning experience, that's for sure. Didn't you realize how slow you were? I got to race with Rick Hoffman and all those guys in 45 in their prime when those guys were just busting everyone. They were all so fast. It was a good time. Yeah, they were they were living for it. Got to heard, hear a lot of good stories from Rick when I met him a few years back. I didn't know a lot of boat racing history that he had up till we started working together for the first F one boat that he was building with me. For me, that was a fun experience getting to know him. Yeah, he's a he's a cool guy too. Like I said, when we were out at his shop. Out there, and uh, I was telling him I lined up with him in uh, Augusta in 45s, and he's like, I didn't race Augusta. I'm like, yeah, you did, because I thought I was the king because I got to line up next to Rick Hoffman, the guy that used to drive V8s. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. I mean, he's uh, been doing it for so long. He kind of, I guess everything turns into a blur at some point. We're still trying to call Austin back, but it keeps saying he's unavailable. He must have had one of his sponsors call him to talk to him. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, this is a, a good shot at the video attempt. You know, we got some good info on this podcast. We'll uh, make it better from here. Yeah, we're a work in progress. We're learning, and I don't know. It was fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, do it again soon. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. We'll post it on the Facebook page. And we are working on getting this on iTunes. It's pretty much there, but not there yet, waiting on the email. So at some point, we're going to be on iTunes if you want to hear us. Cool. If not, you should listen to us anyway. (laughs) But we will talk to you guys as soon as we get the next episode up, which shouldn't be too much longer. See you next time.